Welcome to Freedom Fridays. On this podcast, we're going to take a look at a question that has been asked to me numerous, numerous times. I don't, I don't think I can count how many times that this question has been asked to me. And that question is, if God is so powerful, if God is so mighty, supreme, just, um, if, if he's so righteous and holy, and yet he has control over everything, then how can evil exist in this world? Another way you could put it is, does evil, the existence of evil disprove the existence of God? Another way sometimes it's asked is, why do bad things happen? Or why do bad things happen to good people? And that we'll take a look at a little later. Um, but first we're going to take a look at why does evil even exist in this world? And does that somehow disprove the existence of God? Actually, the existence of evil does anything but disprove the existence of God. It actually does the opposite, the contrary. It proves the existence of God. Because if there's evil, there must be good. And if there is a source of evil, there must be a source of God. Well, speaking of sources, what about the source for this world? If this world was created so that there can be good and there can be evil in this world, then why did God create it that way? Well, let's hope, I hope to, to be able to give you some insight as to the possibility of why God created. Now, I don't know everything about the mind of God. I'm going by what I know um, in Scripture. I'm going by what I know in the world and what we see around us. And so, do I know everything about the mind of God? Absolutely not. And so, when I suppose or surmise that God did things for specific reasons, um, it's because that's as far as my mind can go. Um, bits of these, uh, this podcast, I, in my research, I want to give credit to the, to those who helped my research. Um, I had some, um, I looked up some things and, and listened to some things and such by Ravi Zacharias, by John MacArthur, and by C.S. Lewis. In fact, a good portion of this argument um, came from C.S. Lewis. And in his book, Mere Christianity, I recommend it highly. Um, so let's take a look. Why did God create a world where evil was even possible? First of all, there are four possibilities for creation. There are four options. First, God could have created nothing. He could have just stayed the way, his wa way he was, uh, totally content with himself, um, in, in the existence of the Trinity, if he so desired, and he just could have decided, nah, it's too much, too much hassle. I know what'll happen. It's not worth it. I'm not going to create anything. That's a possibility. Obviously, he didn't do that. Secondly, God could create a world with no such thing as good or evil, an amoral world, a world with no moral. Uh, implications, no moral options. Nothing in it is good. Nothing in it is evil. Inherently, it's it's just there, um, and things just happen. It would be kind of like creating the animal kingdom, 
but no people. Things just happen for whatever reason because they're wired that way. Thirdly, God could create a world where we would only choose the good or only choose the outcome that he wanted. It's kind of like when our kids uh, play with toys, um, whether it be cars or Barbies or, you know, we've got girls at our house, so Barbies and Polly Pockets and those things, and they play with them, they, they speak for them, they move their arms, they move them around in different situations and circumstances, but they have no option to do anything for themselves. The fourth option of creation would be a creation where God would create a world with the possibility of good and evil with the freedom given to us. Those are the only four options. Those are the only four possibilities. The thing is, the only place where grace exists, the only place where love exists, is in that fourth option. Love does not exist in any of the other options. It cannot exist in any of the other options. We all strive for love because God has made us to, to want and to need love. It's built into the fiber of our being. It's an element and longing of our creation. We want love. In fact, the presence of evil demands there is a God. There would be no such thing as evil unless there was a standard of good. You can't say something is bad unless you have a standard to define that that thing is bad. I go back and forth with, with a gentleman that I talked to about this. He tells me, you know, about this good man. And I say, well, hey, hold on. Um, who says that that person's a good man? What is the criteria? And in his mind, it's, it's his mind. It's his own choices, his own thoughts that define whether someone is good or bad. But that's a slippery slope. If you have different thoughts and you have a different definition of what's good than I have of what's good, oh boy, we're going to have some conflict at that point. Um, so the very presence of evil demands that there has to be a standard for what's good and what's evil. And that standard was in the creation in the beginning. God said, you can do this and you can't do that. And so that is the standard. God is the standard. That's the only place a standard can come from because of, there is no possibility of a subjective standard. Um, or it just, it just isn't possible to have it dependent upon circumstances, dependent upon um, people. It has to be way out above us. Otherwise, that standard is, is not going to work. The only way that we can have a standard of morality or good is because God gives that standard. So this, this world that we live in is the only one where we can see good, the only one where we can see evil, the only one where we can see love, um, because of our free will. So the question begs, how can evil be a part of God's will? If God willed this to be this way, with good and evil existing, how can that evil be a part of God's will? 
Well, let's explain it a little bit this way. Uh, things can be in accordance with your will in one way, but not in another. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand. Let, let, me, let me give you some ex, ex, explanation and some uh, um, illustrations of that. So I have children. And I can tell my children, I want you to keep your room clean. That's my will. My will is that you keep your room clean and tidy. However, they have freedom. I've given them the task not only to keep it clean, but they have a free will, just like I have a free will. And so they have a choice to keep their room clean or not. You say, well, that, that's not a choice. You should discipline them. And, you, know, you, need, you need to have consequences and, and loss of privileges and, and other things. And, and yes, those things do happen. But those things don't force them to keep the room clean. If that were the case, then uh, I'm not going to show you around, but then my office would be a lot cleaner than it is. So would probably yours or your garage or you know, someplace that we usually have something messy. The fact that we give something an option gives them the option to choose against our will. We give a choice. Our will gives the freedom to do contrary to our will. If, if, if we give something an option, it gives them the freedom to choose. There may be consequences. There will be consequences one way or the other. Some of them positive, some of them negative. Some of them rewards and some of them disciplinary. But there's that option to choose. Making something voluntary for some to choose, uh, or excuse me, making something voluntary allows for some to choose and others not. We have a voluntary military service in this country. Some choose to serve in the military. And if you're one of those people, thank you. God bless you for that. For thinking of us in front of yourself. Thank you very much. But some choose not to for a very host, various host of reasons. Uh, just as varied as the reasons to go into the military. But there's an option. It's voluntary. If something is voluntary then there's that option also to choose not to. Work. Going to work is voluntary. You say, no, no, it isn't. My boss doesn't give me an option. I have to show up for work Monday through Friday at this time, and then I get out at this time, and I have lunch break at this time. It's not voluntary. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nobody's going to show up at your door in the morning, drag you out of bed, throw you in the shower, scrub you up, rinse you off, brush your teeth for you, shove some food in your mouth, drag you off to work, and force you to actually do the processes that you have to do at work, whatever that may be. Nobody's going to force you to do that. It is voluntary. You have the option. If you want to get a paycheck, you will follow what you're asked to do. But you still have the choice to stay home, stay in bed, and don't have a paycheck. Or stay home, stay in bed, and burn a personal day. You have that option. It's voluntary. Does that mean that the your employer wa doesn't want you to show up 
is no of course it's their will that you would show up and and do the work that you're asked to do every day that's how they they make the the business run the business wouldn't run right if people didn't show up and do exactly what they needed to do every day so it's the will of the employer that you show up and you do your work but you still have a freedom to choose not that's not inside their will but you have that freedom just like my kids had the choice to leave their, their room like a disaster area. And that is not within my will. I don't want them to do that. But I gave them the option. Secondly, God created us with free will. We can choose wrong or right. God gave us that option. He gave us the option to choose wrong or choose right or choose right or choose wrong. If someone is free to be good, they're also free to be bad. He gave us that option. The fact that he gave them the option in the Garden of Eden to choose to, to obey or to disobey, to love or to hate, that's their option. He planted that tree right in the center of the garden and said, I don't want you to eat of this one. I've given you all these other options to eat of. And they're wonderful, they're beautiful, they're great for food, they're healthy. Don't eat this one. I don't want you to eat this one. And now they have the option, obey or disobey. That's free will. Free will makes the possibility of evil even possible. Without free will, there is no possibility of evil. There's no possibility of even choosing it. So if God knew, and if God decided that we should have free will, why did he do that? Well, again, free will is the only thing that makes possible any love, goodness, or joy worth having. You say, well, prove it. I can love God without him giving me free will. No, I don't think you can. Think about it this way. For those of you who have a romantic interest in your life, say a uh, husband and wife, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, um, or something of that nature, or even a crush, how would you like them to be kind and good to you, but only because they absolutely have to? There's a gun to their head, they have, they're pre-wired to do this, what, what not? They, they have no choice, and so they're only doing it because that's what they're wired to do. Think about it like my computer here. Um, I, if I wire my computer and, and program it to every morning when I turn it on, it says, Hello, Trevor. I love you. You're so wonderful. You're the best person I've ever known. Do you think that's going to give me any sort of love or enjoyment or joy? Absolutely not. It's actually going to be kind of pathetic if I did that. Um, free will is the only thing that makes any love, goodness, or joy worth having. I want my wife to love me. I want my kids to love me. I want my friends to care about me and to, to love me. But the only way that that means anything is if they have a choice to choose to love me instead of not. 
And I know that you understand that. It cannot be attained in a world of robots. There is no way to have that kind of love, that kind of goodness, and that kind of joy in a world of robots. It just cannot happen. Well, what a, why did God do it then? Why did God give us free will if he knew what would happen? You know, God is, is all of these omni things that we talk about, his omniscience, all-knowing, his omnipresence, he's everywhere, his omnipotence, he's all-powerful, he's, he's supreme, he's, he's the one in charge of everything, then why would he give us, if he knows, I'm going to create this being, and it's going to choose evil, and sometimes choose good then why did God do it? Why did God do that? Well, I can't speak for God, but I can give you some insight why he may have done it. First of all, obviously, he must have thought the risk was worth it. He must have thought that it was worth it to make the option of evil in order to give the option of love and grace and forgiveness and goodness and joy and mercy, and all of those things. He must have thought it was worth it. So you might disagree with God, and you might say, well, I don't think it's worth it. I think it's way too high of a price to pay. Well, you can choose to disagree with God. He gives you that freedom. He gave you that freedom. He's actually the source of your ability to reason and disagree at all. He's the one who gave you the ability to even reason, to think, and even to disagree with him at all. See, because of that, you cannot be right and God wrong. Now, you can be wrong and God right, but you cannot be right and God wrong. Because you cannot have a power of reasoning greater than his because he is the source of your reasoning. He is where your reasoning even came from. So you cannot reason somehow more powerful or more righteous or more good or more thought-provoking than God. It's impossible. It's like a stream going uphill. Streams don't flow uphill. The source has to be greater than the, the outcome. And we are the outcome. When you argue with God, you're actually arguing with the one who gave you the ability to argue at all. He gives you that ability at all. Without him, without his giving you free will, you wouldn't even have the ability to disagree. So then, why would he do it? Because he thought that the, the option of having love and grace, and goodness, and forgiveness, and joy, and mercy in this world was worth it. Well, next time we're going to continue this study. I hope you come back next Friday. And uh, thank you for listening to Freedom Fridays.